Pastor Xavier Reese and the prophetic truth regarding Israel. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountains of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. That's Zion. That's Jerusalem. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountains of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, not Ishmael. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Unfortunately, the faith of most Christians is well contained within their own church and community. But according to Pastor Xavier, we're to have a much broader perspective that includes an international mindset as well. Let's take a lesson in diplomacy as we join him in today's look at prophecy from the Old Testament book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 35, all the way to chapter 36, verse 15. The message is entitled, The Land Belongs to Israel. Ezekiel the prophet assures Israel regarding her future restoration to the land that God gave to them. First of all, we have the destruction of the land of Edom in chapter 35, verse 1 through 15. And secondly, we have the restoration of the land of Israel to Israel, verses 1 through 15 of 36. And then we're going to finish off with the confirmation of the restoration of the land to Israel. And we're going to look at um, uh, chapter 30, 39, kind of an overview there and tie it together. Okay? Let's begin here with the destruction of the land of Edom, verse 1 through 15 of chapter 35. Set your face against Mount Seir and prophesy against it. And whenever God says, I am against you, you're in trouble. Mount Seir was the geographical location of the descendants of Esau, as you know. Uh, Modern-day Jordan, the city of Petra was its capital of the Edomites. Now Esau was the brother of Jacob, as you know, the twin. God said to Rebekah, there's two nations in your womb, Genesis 25, 23. Two nations, Israel, Edom. The tone is one of severity. Don't miss it. Behold, O Mount I am against you. I will stretch out my hand against you and make you most desolate. Mount Seir represents the whole nation of Edom here. Now notice verse 5 through 9. The reason for the judgment against the people of Mount Seir and their consequences is given to us here. First, due to their attitude, they had a perpetual hatred for Israel because you have had an ancient hatred. And the word hatred there speaks of an intense feeling but not only their attitude, but notice, due to their deeds, still there in verse 5, uh, they personally partnered with Babylon in killing off the Israelites at the fall of Jerusalem and have shed the blood of the children of Israel by the power of the sword at the time of the calamity when their iniquity came to an end. Edom stood at the other side, looking to the Israelis like as they were one with the Israelis, and as they came across, they stood at the crossroads, they cut them to pieces, and they delivered them over to Babylon. Obadiah chapter 1, verse 11 and 14 tells us that. Edom celebrated and drank about Israel's calamity. Obadiah 1, 16 tells us the judgment would be executed by God himself being complete and total. Don't miss it. Verse 7. Thus I will make Mount Seir most desolate and cut off from it the one who leaves and the one who returns. And this came to be complete 
Have you, when's the last time you heard of an Edomite? <laughs> you say, I'm on the long line of Esau. Anybody ever claim that to you? Look at verse 8. The entire land would be judged, and I will fill its mountains with the slain. Your hills, your valleys, all your ravines, those who are slain by the sword shall fall. It's him, but he uses man, the sword. Nine. Their land will become uninhabited. I will make you perpetually desolate, and your city shall be uninhabited. Once again, God is the judge here. And notice again, they would acknowledge God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord Yahweh, but too late. Now, let's move on to the restoration of the land of Israel. 36, 1 through 15. The first seven verses, the prophecy over the mountains of Israel by God's intervention for their past ill treatment is given to us. The prophetic formula precedes it, identifying the authority, thus saith the Lord God, Yahweh. Look at verse 3 through 7. The specifics of the prophecy regarding Israel are five. The personal guilt of the enemy is stated. Notice in verse 3, because they made you desolate and swallowed you up on every side. They were brothers, family, treachery. The consequences was to be taken from their land so that you became a possession of the rest of the nations. Now, God judged them. God put them in captivity, but Israel's to be restored. The hills, the rivers, the valleys, the desolate ways, the cities that have been forsaken, which became plunder and mockery to the rest of the nations all around. God itemizes, I'm going to do it all. The third deals with God's vindication against the nations, plural, who presume to allocate the land themselves. Verse 5, don't miss this. Once again, in view of the facts, the word therefore, the authority follows, thus says the Lord God. The posture of God is judgment. Listen, surely I have spoken in my burning jealousy. Listen, when you have burning jealousy, that means you love someone. God loves Israel. The particular individuals are named against the rest of the nations, plural, and against all of Edom. The word nations, plural, do not miss it. Five, six, and seven. This is latter days, people, that has not been fulfilled. Third, or here their need, was arrogant and evil. Listen, verse five. Who gave my land to themselves as a possession, the with wholehearted joy and spiteful minds in order to plunder its open country. They just took it. God is listening. God is looking. You mess with God's land, you're messing with God's people. They go together. Look at the fourth. It deals with God's defense on behalf of the land. Verse 6. Again, therefore, in view of the fact, the prophetic formula once again prophesied concerning the land of Israel. The proclamation of God's love and protection is stated. And say to the mountains, the hills, the rivers, the valleys, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I have spoken in my jealousy and in my fury. He's the defender of Israel. The reason is given because you have borne the shame of the nations. Ladies and gentlemen, are you living in reality? God has made Jerusalem a troublesome stone to the nations of the world prophetically. The fifth deals with the certainty of the judgment in verse 7. Again, therefore, in view of the fact the authority has not changed, it's still divine, thus saith the Lord God. 
The proclamation of judgment is with an oath in the divine courtroom by the divine judge. I have raised my hand in an oath that surely the nations, plural, that are around you shall bear their own shame. Wow. 8 through 16, the prophecy over the mountains is in view of their future fruitfulness. Listen. In verse 8, the mountains would be fruitful. But you, O mountains of Israel, you shall shoot forth your branches and yield your fruit to my people, Israel, for they are about to come. That's a promise. This is still future, not what we see today. When we get to the vision of dry bones, they come together. And they have come together to the land. Bone, muscle, skin. But what's lacking? The Spirit of God's not in them. Ezekiel says he breathes on them the new covenant. The Jews don't believe in Jesus today. Blindness in part has happened. They believe in the God of the Old Testament, but not in the Messiah of the Old Testament. Blindness in part, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. The restoration is in view of the millennial kingdom, chapter 35, 6, 7. The reason for their fruitfulness, look at verse 9. God would be on their side. Wow, this is tremendous. Underline this. For indeed, I am for you. God will bring about the blessing, and I will return to you. I will turn to you. God will have the people to do work, and you shall be tilled and sown. The ultimate fulfillment is future. Yes, they're in the land, but it's not a land of paradise there still. They have taken it from the Arabs, which was a marshland, mosquito-infested, and they drained it, and they've made it blossom, but it's not Edom yet. Not yet. Look at 10. The people in the land would be one. God would increase the population. I will multiply men upon you. God would uh, cause the entire land to be occupied. And all the house of Israel, all the house of Israel, there are not, no lost 10 tribes all the house of Israel, all of it, and the city shall be inhabited and the ruins rebuilt. Look at 11. The restoration would be better than the former history. The perfect balance will exist in the land. I will multiply upon you man and bees. They shall be increased and bear young. I will make you inhabited as in the former times and do better for you than at your beginning. That has not happened yet. That is still future. The purpose and the proposed goal would be accomplished. Here it is again. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. Who? Israel. Is that happening today, ladies and gentlemen? It's the future. Prior to the millennial kingdom, the God's going to prepare the Messiah, them for their Messiah. And then they will occupy all the land during the millennial kingdom. The summary statement is found in verse 12. Yes, I will cause them to walk on you. My people Israel, they shall take possession of you and you shall be their inheritance. No more shall you bereave them of children. Five times in this chapter we find the phrase, I will. 9, 10, 11, and 12. Do you think God will restore Israel and the land together? You better believe it. They're not going anywhere. Look at verse 13 and 14. The Lord will do all this to vindicate Israel from the false accusations of the nations. And you hear them all the time on TV and newspapers and radio. Listen. Thus says the Lord God, because they say to you, Israel, the people say this to Israel today, 
and have in the past. You devour men and bereave your nation of children. Therefore, you shall devour men no more, nor bereave your nations no more, God says, the Lord God. I'm not, I'm going to show them that I don't believe it, and I'm going to, I'm not, I don't accept their accusations. They're wrong about you. Verse 15, the Lord God would exalt Israel before all the nations, never to be ridiculed and insulted. Listen, nor will I let you hear the taunts of the nations anymore. That is happening today over and over and over again. The Iranian says that all the Jews should be killed and driven into the ocean. He said it openly and publicly. It is no secret. What's happening in Persia is the same thing in Iran, same place. It's the same thing that happened in Nazi Germany through Hitler. The same spirit, Antichrist, through Islam. Never to be scorned, nor bear the reproach of the people anymore at future. Never cause the nation to fail, nor shall you cause your nation to stumble anymore, says the Lord God. The Bible is clear that the land was given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and his name was changed to Israel. Listen to Genesis 12, 7. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your descendants I will give the land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who appeared to him. Genesis 13, 17. Arise, walk in the land through its length and the width, for I have given it to you. Genesis 15, 18. On the same day, the Lord Yahweh made a covenant with Abraham, saying, To your descendants I have given the land from the river of Egypt to the great river Euphrates River. Whoa, that's a lot of territory. Even in Solomon's reign, they never occupied all that. They will. All of it. Genesis 50, 24. And Joseph said to his brethren, I am dying, but God will surely visit you and bring you out of the land to the land which he swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Not Ishmael. Ezekiel 34, 13. And I will bring them out from the people and gather them from all the countries and will bring them to their own land. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel in the valleys and in all inhabited places of the country. It began with the Zionist movement with Herzl after World War II. But it's only the bones and the flesh and the sinew. The spirit has not been poured out. The restoration of the land of Israel will take place in the future. Now, let's finish up with the confirmation of the restoration of the land of Israel. For this, we take a step back for a panoramic view from 33 to 39. The prophet Ezekiel has made it clear in the last section regarding the restoration of the land and nation of Israel, as he will in the following three and a half chapters, that God will do this. In chapter 33, remember that Ezekiel revealed the personal responsibility to the watchman who's warning, because that begins restoration, and the individual responsibility of the person to respond to repentance, okay, in hope of restoration. In um, chapter 34, verse 1 through 30, Ezekiel warned the coming judgment to the shepherds who fed themselves, and they would be replaced ultimately by the good shepherd God himself, the Messiah during the millennial kingdom, okay? In 35 that we've seen to 36, 15, We've just seen the declaration of the judgment of, of, of Edom, the mountains of Seir, and the restoration and the blessings to the mountain of Israel. The land will go back to them. When you get to 36, 16, 
to 37.14, Ezekiel will focus on the restoration of the land and the particular details. In 36.16 to 21, the reason for Israel's dispersion is given. They defiled themselves. They were in sin. They, they brought shame to his name. Uh, in 36.22 to 32, the description of the final restoration by the new covenant, the new heart, the new spirit is poured out on them. Book of Hebrews speaks about that. Jeremiah 31 speaks about that. Remember? 36, 33 to 38, the effects of the restoration are to be like the Garden of Eden. Ladies and gentlemen, it is not the Garden of Eden over there right now. It will be then. 37, 1 through 14, you have the vision of restoration through the Valley of Dry Bones when God puts the Spirit in the nation. He has brought them back, bone, sinew, muscle, and skin, but no spirit. Their blindness is still in part. 37, 15 through 28, Ezekiel will reveal the nation of Israel being one by joining the stick of Joseph and Ephraim, the covenant of peace, one nation. In fact, in verse 27 there of 37, his tabernacle shall dwell with them. Ooh, that's millennial kingdom. He reigns over who? Over the Jews. It's their Messiah. In verse 28, the nations will see that the Lord will sanctify Israel when his sanctuary is in their midst. Listen, forever, the Jews. Wow. Then, of course, the attack of Russia with its seeming confederacy of Islamic nations will be destroyed by God, five-sixths of that army, Ezekiel 38 and 39. Now, Ezekiel does not embrace what is being taught today then by many Christian seminaries, more like cemeteries, in Christian churches. It's this big phrase called replacement theology. Replacement theology teaches this, that God is through with Israel, and that now the church is the new Israel of God. Blasphemous, unscriptural. Ezekiel does not buy it. It stands against all of the teaching of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. It is an insult to God. The identity is given to Israel in the Old Testament, chosen, holy, a peculiar people, Exodus 19.6, Deuteronomy, many other places. The same identification is given to the church in 1 Peter 2.9-12, a royal priesthood. The only connection between the two is that we are identified, both Israel and the church, as the people of God. But there's a great distinction between the wife who's been put away by divorce, who has been married, and the church who is the bride looking for a wedding. Don't insult God. The woman in the book of Revelation is pregnant. She gives birth to Messiah, and he's raptured up to heaven. The Messiah gave birth to the church. There's a great difference. There is no replacement intended, taught, nor prophesied neither in the Old nor the New Testament regarding Israel. Jesus was the Messiah promised to Israel. The genealogy of Jesus in Matthew 1 assures it. The conception by the miraculous conception of the Holy Spirit was given in Matthew 1.20, that which is conceived the use of the Holy Spirit. The Jews rejected their Messiah. He came to his own, his own received them not, John 1.11 says. 
Jesus wept over Jerusalem in Matthew 23. Listen, verse 37, 39. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather you under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. For I say to you, you shall see me no more until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, that's at the end of the tribulation. This is our text in Ezekiel. Before the Lord returns. Not now. The Apostle Paul tells the Romans that God is not through with Israel. Romans 11:5. even so then, at this present time, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And he's talking about Israel, the Jews. He goes on to say in Romans 11, 22 and 24, talking to the church and then to Israel. Listen. Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fell. Severity, meaning the Jews. But towards you, the Christian, goodness. If you continue in the goodness, otherwise you also will be cut off. Ooh, ever read that? Interesting, huh? And they, Jews, also, if they do not continue in unbelief, will be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. And Paul didn't buy replacement theology. For if you were cut off, speaking the Christian, of the olive branch, which while by nature, and were grafted contrary to nature into the cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, the Jews, who are natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? Interesting. If you were in our study of Isaiah, you remembered that Isaiah, from the very beginning of his book, his prophecies, he gives the glorious millennial kingdom when God will embrace Israel once again and give her all the land and she will reign with him. In case you have forgotten, listen closely. Isaiah 2, 2 through 5. Now, it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountains of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. That's Zion. That's Jerusalem. Many people shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountains of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, not Ishmael. He will teach us his ways and we shall walk in his path for out of Zion shall go forth the law. He's talking to Jews. And the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, he shall judge between the nations and rebuke many people. They shall bear their sword into, uh, beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come and let us walk in the light of the Lord Yahweh. Do you believe that or is that just some kind of exaggeration? Confirmation of the restoration of the land to Israel will take place in the future, ladies and gentlemen. And by the looks of things, it could happen any time. No man knows the day or the hour, but look up for your redemption draws near. Keep your eyes on Jesus, not on anything else. Certainly not CNN. Ezekiel the prophet encouraged Israel regarding her future restoration to the land and of the land that God had given to them by these three things here. The destruction of the land of Edom did and will take place still in the future. The restoration of the land of Israel and to Israel will take place in the future, ultimately. 
and the confirmation of the restoration of the land to Israel will take place in the future. All three are the future. Are you a Christian or are you just playing games? Are you into church or are you into Christ? Choose you this day whom you're going to serve, Joshua said. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's the wisest choice, but it's your choice. No one else's. Pastor Xavier Reese and how your stance on national policy regarding Israel can impact your eternal future. Today's message, The Land Belongs to Israel, is available on CD for only $4. And this will also include what Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together. So once again, the title to ask for is, The Land Belongs to Israel, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please be sure and include the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This information is helpful when we check on the impact of this outreach in your area. Do you have a real relationship with God? Find out when you join Pastor Xavier Reese on the next edition of Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 